So turn in your Bible to Daniel chapter 4. I just want to begin reading the first four verses and we'll have a word of prayer. King Nebuchadnezzar, to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. It has seemed good to me to show the signs and wonders that the Most High has done for me. How great are His signs, how mighty His wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and His dominion endures from generation to to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at ease in my house and prospering in my palace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. And we pray that you would speak to us through this uh, amazing passage of Scripture. How such a mighty and all powerful ruler and king would record such a humiliating experience where he. Uh, he documents and tells us exactly how you worked in his life to humble him and to show him who was really in charge of this world. And God, I just pray for us. So often we're at ease and we're, we think we're prospering just, just enough to get by. Uh, and, uh, and we need to be awakened. We need to be shaken to our core to how serious and how important our lives are on this world, on this earth to uh, to serve you and to bring glory to you who are truly king and lord so god speak uh i thank you that i can't force anybody to hear it's not my job to save anybody today it's not my job to change hard hearts and to help people it's uh or fix people i can't do it all i can do is trust in you Present your truth and God ask your spirit to come upon us to move in, in, a, in a supernatural way that would overcome all that Satan is doing to steal and to kill and to destroy our faith today. God, speak through your word. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. And I, I want to encourage you to Read chapter 4. Uh, it's such an important uh, passage and document in history because it documents one of the most powerful rulers of the world who just simply shares how God humbled his heart and humbled his life. And, uh, and, uh, and so I want us to, to again use our storybook form as we look at chapter 4 to, to help us uh, engage God's Word and see some images that help us uh, to really understand this story, but also for, our, our, for our, our kids and young people here to really see how God's Word can come alive as we study it. Uh, but it starts off, and, and again, it's amazing to think about it. It's an account of Nebuchadnezzar, uh, this mighty king who sat on a throne and uh, he ruled an amazing empire. Uh, and he was king of the Babylonians uh, and he ruled over, it was one of the most powerful empires in the world. So most, one of the most powerful empires in the world. And God allowed him to win battle after battle. He, was, uh, he thought he was doing it, but God was behind the scenes. Um, and, and, and God used him to teach the nation of Israel an important lesson. Israel had gotten way off track. 
and, uh, and, and they became slaves in Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. And God allowed that. So God humbled the nation of Israel through Nebuchadnezzar, through using Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, and, uh, but Nebuchadnezzar came to realize who was really in charge. One night, Daniel chapter 4, he has another dream. As we've studied through the book of Daniel, we know this isn't the first time he had a dream that he couldn't understand. Uh, and uh, in his dream, he sees a very big tree. Uh, and it's so big and it, and it grows right up to the sky. Huge tree. And its leaves spread over all the world. So a huge tree, worldwide top tree. And the tree grew fruit. And from that fruit, it, it dropped down and it fed many kind of animals. So the tree uh, grew fruit and fed all kinds of animals. Many different birds lived among the huge branches of the tree in Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And then the king, while he's looking at the tree, an angel comes down and orders that that tree be cut down, that they shake off the leaves they scatter the fruit, they drive the animals and the birds away, and they leave the tree stump and fix a band of iron and brass around the tree stump. That tree's done. He says, and again, this is Nebuchadnezzar's account, the king heard the angel talking about him. Let grass grow on him and rain fall on him and let him live like an animal. He will live like an animal for seven years. The angel then said, why this was going to happen to the king? God is all powerful, not you. You will learn that God rules over people and is in control. When the king woke up, he ordered all the wise men in his kingdom to come to him to tell him what his dream meant. That none, but none of them could. None of the wise men or astronomers or advisors could explain what the king's dream meant. Now, he must be a pretty forgetful guy. He should have known to call Daniel first off. But finally, Daniel comes. And Daniel loved and trusted and obeyed God. And he comes to the king. And, uh, and the king explains the dream to Daniel. So what does Daniel do? He goes before the Lord and he asks God for help and he waits and God tells Daniel what this dream meant. And so Daniel goes back to the king and he tells him what the dream means. And the king, you know, it's interesting how, how it's how what Nebuchadnezzar talks about. He says, Daniel, I want to hear the truth, whether it's good news or it's bad news. You tell me what, you know, what the truth is. And so Daniel tells him, he says, the tree you saw, uh, the tree you saw was you. It was you. It was cut down because you will be cut down. And you will be cut to size for seven years. You're going to be completely humbled for seven years. But why is this going to happen? You can imagine the king would have asked. And it was because you're wicked and you don't show any mercy to the poor. You're puffed up with pride and you think you're more powerful than God. This king. And so Daniel says, if you repent and do what is right, God will not punish you. 
Well, Daniel left the king for a whole year and nothing happened. The king stayed rich and healthy. His kingdom prospered and everything went well until one day he was looking at his magnificent palace and his heart swelled with pride. So imagine he has that disturbing dream, but he doesn't do anything with it. And so his heart swells with pride and he says, this is my great empire. I built it with my power. I am mighty. Look how important I have become. And as soon as he said these words, the, the king heard a voice from above. Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, the kingdom is departed from you. God told him that he was in control, not the king. And then right away, King Nebuchadnezzar lost his mind. He, uh, he, he lost his mind and he, he became, <laughs> and he left his palace and he ran off into the countryside and he just went wild. He became like a wild beast. This mighty, powerful king and emperor became like a, a wild beast. And uh, he was blown about by the wind. He was soaked by the rain. He ate grass like an ox. His fingernails grew long like bird's claws. Uh, and he lived like a wild animal for seven years. Humiliating experience that that king records and tells us about. Uh, and then finally, in God's mercy, in God's providence, he didn't deserve it, but God gave him his mind back. And he, and, and, and he learned a lesson that God does whatever God likes in heaven and in earth, that God is in control, that no one, not even a king, can challenge God or question what God does. That God, the Most High, lives forever and ever. His kingdom never ends, and He commands His armies and the people of the earth. And so King Nebuchadnezzar was sane again, and he returned to the palace, and this time he blessed the Most High God. But he was a much humbler man. In fact, he was so humble that he records this himself. And he realized that he may have been a king of Babylon, but he wasn't the most powerful uh, that God was in control. Uh, and, and so then he writes that, I, King Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol the King of heaven. All his works are true and his ways uh, and his judgments are true and he humbles those who walk in pride. God humbles those who walk in pride. So today I want to challenge you as I've challenged myself, we've got to remember that. We've got to live in humility. We've got to be humble or we're going to be humbled. Either walk in the humility of God or God's going to humble you. And life is going to humble you. Jesus teaches us in Matthew 23, 12, whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus taught a lot of great truths like that. A great reversal in the world. It's all about, hey, show yourself off. You've got to be the best. It's a dog-eat-dog world. You've got to be the meanest dog. You've got to uh, be the fiercest one. You've got to get out there and get people uh, and show everybody that you're the best. 
But in God's kingdom, whoever exalts himself or herself, you're just like King Nebuchadnezzar, you're going to be humble. But if you'll humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, he will exalt you. He will exalt you. He will exalt himself in you. We see the greatest example of that in Jesus. Philippians 2, 5 through 9, Paul gives us an amazing doctrine uh, to remember about Jesus. He says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. You can have this. It's a gift from God. You can have a new mind from Jesus. And what did Jesus do? He was in the form of God. He was in heaven. He was King of kings and Lord of lords. But He did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped, but emptied Himself. He left heaven. He took the form of a servant. That's one of the great truths of Christianity. God became a servant. He was born in the likeness of men. In verse 8 of Philippians chapter 2, He being found in human form, He humbled Himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So Jesus humbled Himself and became obedient to the point of death. And not just a, a peaceful death of old age, but He was willing to die on a cruel Roman cross, mocked, spit upon, beaten, stripped, nailed to a cross. And so, therefore, God has highly exalted Him and bestowed on Him the name that is above every name. If you think about a definition of humility, you could look it up in the dictionary, you could Google it, look it up on Wikipedia. But what you ought to do as a believer is look at Jesus Christ. What does true humility look like? Jesus. Leaving heaven. Becoming a person. Living a sinless life on this earth. Having all the power to stop. He didn't have to go to the cross. He could have called down legions, thousands and thousands of angels to deliver Him. But instead, He willingly on that cross died in our place. Humbling Himself and suffering. Becoming our sins. Suffering the righteous wrath of God against sin. That's humility. And we see that as God allowed Him to be humbled in that way and God poured His wrath upon Him and then God exalted Him and bestowed on Him the name that is above every name. And a lot of times for us, we want that. We want the glory. We want to be exalted. We want the name that is above every name, but we don't want the cross. We don't want the suffering. We don't want the struggle and the hardship that humbles us and that reminds us who God is. But we don't, get the, we don't get to be exalted until we go through the cross, till we go through the struggle, that we live humbly for God. Be humble or be humbled. 
Nebuchadnezzar says in, in uh, chapter 334, at the end of my days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes to heaven and my reason returned to me and I blessed the Most High and praised and honored Him who lives forever. For His dominion is an everlasting dominion and His kingdom endures from generation to generation. What a declaration he made. Look what it took to get him there. <laughs> a lifetime of God giving him mercy and grace. And Daniel faithfully working every day, praying for him. He says in verse 37, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven. For all his works are right. And His ways are just. And those who walk in pride, He is able to humble. Those who walk in pride, He is able to humble. 1 Peter 5, 5-7 says, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on Him, because He cares for you. Take that in today. Pride rises up in all sorts of ways in all kinds of shapes and forms. And one of the ways you know you might be walking in pride is anxiety. Uh, where you are trying to solve problems on your own without trusting in God. You're trying to avoid struggles that God has ordained in your life. And instead of trusting Him, turning to Him, holding fast to Him, you're trying to fix it yourself. Pride can you know, rear its head in so many different ways. But it comes down to who is Lord of your life? Who are you trying to show off? Are you trying to show off yourself and how good you are or how religious you are or how obedient you are? Or are you trying to show off God? That's where humility really comes in. When you stop with yourself, it's not about you anymore, it's about Him. I want to show God off. That's what Nebuchadnezzar finally got to. But it took a lifetime. Get to that place today. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. Ask Him to change your heart. Give you a heart that says, God, I want to show you off. Be humble and live in the grace of God or you will be humbled by the righteous wrath of God. Hardships will humble you. Growing older will humble you. Lots of things are going to get your attention and all of it is God's grace saying, don't trust in this body. Don't trust in the government. Don't trust in this world. Don't trust in rulers. Trust in me. Trust in God, the Lord most high. He alone is worthy 
of our worship and our praise. Let's pray together. God, again, we thank You so much for Your Word. I ask You help us as believers to search our heart right now for pride, sinful pride, the kind of pride that casts Satan out of heaven, the kind of pride that caused Adam and Eve to doubt You and to decide they knew better than You, and to bite from that apple the kind of pride that Nebuchadnezzar rose to. Deliver us of that pride today. Help us to see it. We can't, we're not going to do anything about it till we see it, God. Show us that sinful pride in our heart. And God, help us to give it to you. Help us to give you the scalpel and allow you to remove it and cut away whatever you got to cut away. Get rid of whatever you got to get rid of, God, that we would be humble before you and that we would exalt you and worship you and show you off. Live to show how great you are. But God, if there are people here today that are lost and they're unbelieving and they're not trusting in you, they're listening online maybe and they're not, they haven't confessed Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord, help them to see that it's pride that is keeping them in sin. And it is pride that will take them to everlasting destruction in hell. And God, show them that they can humble themselves today, confess their sin and be saved and become a new creation in Christ. God, we ask You to move as we sing this song together and do a mighty work in this place. Do a mighty work in those that are listening online. Help us to be humbled now so that we don't have to be humbled in hell. We don't have to be humbled forever in eternity of darkness and suffering. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand again.